Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Today is December sixth, special commemoration today. So we had to go all the way to <laughs> the North Pole, or pretty, pretty close, pretty, pretty close. close to the North Pole yeah. in Alaska. Joining us today. <laughs> The Reverend Amadeus Gandhi, he's cha- LCMS chaplain at Eielson Air Force Base in Alaska. Chaplain Gandhi, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thank you for having me. Glad to be back. It is good to chat with you. It's been a while since we've chatted, caught up yeah. on what's going on in way up north in the at the Air Force Base in Alaska. I remember one conversation we had, a really fun one, a couple of years ago, talking about our happy Happy hobbits. Uh, no. Happy hobbies. Happy hobbies. <laughs> I mean, hobbits are also happy. Hobbits. Uh, happy different. hobbies. <laughs> Sorry. You think, I, I, I'm just you so excited me happy about today's topic. Happy <laughs> hobbies. Today's topic is one that, well, I've seen pictures on Facebook that tell me that you might be an expert on this. And today, the church commemorates Nicholas of Myra. Did I get that right? Is it Myra? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Today, the church commemorates Nicholas of Myra. So, why, what is Nicholas of Myra most well-known for, Chaplin? So he is most known for being, well, we, today we call him Santa Claus, but it's derivative of the Saint Nicholas that's gotten us to Santa Claus today. So wh- how did we get there? What is, what is his backstory? So probably going to have to go back, got to do my math here, 1,800 years something like that so nicholas saint nicholas is a fourth century bishop so it's it's a, a testament of him where he's still honored today these many years later there are some confusing things about him to this day but even so being that old back in the fourth century there's actually very little known historically about him as like a factual being a person and despite there are numerous legends stories of St. Nicholas. He's, even though there's very little to know about, he's one of the most popular figures, sure, even today. So we're going to go way back then and then to get to St. Nicholas now and go through a lot of different books if you're ready for the ride. I'm ready. Let's right. go way back. <laughs> what do we know historically about Nicholas and Myra? So historically, what we can say for certain was that there was a real man by the name of Nick in the particular region of Myra, and that he had a successor and a predecessor, and that there are even accounts of this bishop by the name of Nicholas's presence at the Council of Nicaea. And there's another famous legend that comes with that story, but we'll wait, wait for that. He was born in the region of Terra and um, grew up. In the faith around that time, had a mom and dad, had some people that were close in his circle that hinted at his historical existence. And then not much is known for quite a little bit of period of time before churches start popping up bearing his name. And then additional traditions and and legends start to become more widespread. The popularity of his story increases around the 1100s or so. And then Another little pause, and then he's, he explodes again at the founding of the the Americas. His legend coming over, Protestants uh, into America, and then 
finally, the legend that we have today of Santa Claus. Apart from the basic historical things of you know, a guy in the fourth century and name, everything else is kind of filled in by stories, maybe counts of people's dreams, visions, prayers, bishops. So what are some of those legends that are associated with St. Nicholas? So I've got, let's see, about seven or so legends that are consistent through some different resources that I've procured over the time and over some time. And we could go through them, but I want to highlight at least three of them. If we can't get through all of them, just dive into at least three of them. Because interestingly enough, St. Nicholas is also commemorated in the Treasury Daily Prayer. And there's a fascinating prayer that we use for his colleague. He highlights these legends. So one of the first legends that he's most known for, I think is the most popular legend, is possibly the origin of Santa Claus sneakily delivering gifts into your house at night. <laughs> and so if you'd imagine St. Nicholas back then, oh, he was born of great wealth. His parents died as the legend goes. And so he inherited quite a sum of money and being already a monk or a future bishop, he, he already had intended on giving all this wealth away. Well, as the legend goes, he encountered a man with three young daughters. They, I mean, fortunately he didn't have a dowry for either of his daughters. And so he had resorted to do some less than desirable things to get his daughters into a home, but also to get his financial situation back. St. Nicholas heard of this, and in the darkness of the night, he snuck into the house, tossed in a purse of gold coins that the father could use as a dowry for his oldest daughter. And the next day, he found the coins right there. They didn't know what to do with it. Or he knew what to do with it, but they didn't know who to thank for it. And so he prayed, thanking God that now he had this purse of coins and so he could uh, marry off his daughter and a more reputable, more quality reputation. And then the uh, story goes that Nicholas did this for two more nights, tossing in two additional persons, the other two daughters. And over time, the story kind of blew up and the tradition of giving gifts and originally grew out of this. And now we get a uh, big man, jolly red man, jolly man in a red suit. <laughs> doing similar in a big purse of toys. But that's one of the legends. What do you think about that? I I could see how a, a lot of our understanding, our, our depictions of St. Nicholas or Santa Claus today come from that, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. So if you ever see his pictures, he's, uh, his iconography, his portraits, uh, he's holding three gold orbs. And these have, over time, have transformed from purses into just three gold orbs. And by purses, I mean, you know, speaking of Hobbit, you know, medieval times, you know, purse, <laughs> the set of coins there. Him holding three purses of coins there, and it just kind of transformed to orbs. When you have a, a gold sack of three gold sacks, like orbs, eventually they kind of look like oranges. And so mm-hmm. then oranges get brought into his story as item of fruit, a dish that the delicate seed enjoyed on December 6th, shared and given. Well, there's in some churches, there's actually a blessing on the kind of commemorate that, that image and holding the words. 
That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So, so th- that's one legend. Do you have others? Yes. Regarding St. Nicholas? All right. What? I'll say this one and then the, I'll leave the, the third one is a little bit more gruesome. But the second one is he is, as a, as a monk, he's, he's very spiritually uh, focused and he wants to make a pilgrimage to the Holy State. And so he boards a ship on his way there. The entire crew and boat experience a, a tempest of a storm there on the sea. St. Nicholas is known to offer a prayer on behalf of everybody there. It invigorates everyone's just steadfast believe that God grant them safe passage. And then immediately the storm calms. Like another story we know from scripture, the storm calms and everyone makes it safely to shore. And all praise God and give thanks to Nicholas being on the ship. And so over the story there, but he, St. Nicholas as a result becomes known a, now as a patron saint of sailors because they, they, they look to you know, St. Nicholas to help them through whatever tempest. That is interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. And different amalgamations of that legend is that sailors were coming to sea. Uh, Nicholas, when he was Bishop Myra, and they experienced a tempest, they, they prayed to St. Nicholas, although he was living, and Nicholas visited them, it's apparition or vision like that, or they heard his voice and prayers, and the the tempest calm. Well, different version of that story, but that particular sprouts fishermen at sea. That's why he's known today by believe the Catholics, the Orthodox as a patron sailor. Huh. Very cool. You have do you have any I, I know you said the next one is a little gruesome. It is <laughs> but uniquely or, or intimately ties him to also being known as 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 a, a generous and, and loving man towards children. So there was a story about I'll just highlight it so we don't have to get into detail. Three children were murdered and and dismembered and put away at this inn. Saint Nicholas happened to be on his way through on his on his somewhere and he stopped at this inn had a, a dream if you will a bit that some crime was committed there and investigated and found this container with these children in there who had prayed and all the children were brought back to life and yeah wow yeah <laughs> and so he's a, a, a saint over children on that. That's kind of the foundation of that, but it, it continues as he uses his inheritance to donate to the poor and the needy and, and providing for, for the children and as well as the, you know, back to the gold coins and empathizing and sympathizing sincere. We are learning about the history of Nicholas of Myra, commemorated by the church today, along with a few legends as well associated with St. Nicholas. We have more to learn about with Chaplain Amadeus Gandhi at Eileson Air Force Base in Alaska. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. 
to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are learning about Nicholas of Myra, commemorated by the church today, December 6th. Also a few legends associated with St. <laughs> Nicholas. Our guest today is Chaplain Amadeus Gandhi. He serves as LCMS chaplain at Eielson Air Force Base in Alaska. I mean, it's fitting that we went up north to uh, to talk about St. Nicholas today. Chaplain Gandhi, you've shared with us some stories. We only know a little bit of history about Nicholas of Myra, but there certainly are many legends as well surrounding Nicholas, known as St. Nicholas. What are some of the perhaps traditions? You shared a few traditions that have come out of the, the, the stories of Nicholas of Myra, such as the oranges that... If, that uh, became a gift associated with St. Nicholas and the day that the church commemorates him because of the orange orbs in the the iconography remembering mm-hmm. St. Nicholas. What are some other traditions that are associated with the commemoration of Nicholas of Myra? So with Nicholas, they, one of the traditions is to have the children put their little shoes over or in front of the fire, kind of like where we get it might be an origin for where we get our stockings over the fireplace, but to put their shoes by the fireplace or outside. And if St. Nicholas was in the area, he would stop by and he would deposit some sweets, nuts, trinkets, oranges, gold coins into your shoes. And the children will wake up that day and receive the wonderful gifts that they were not expecting. So very close akin to the gold coins getting deposited in the window of the, of the father as well as our gift-giving celebrations at Christmas today. That that you do with your family and your, your kiddos. All right. So I actually do this one. So St. Nicholas will visit my house. I can either conform or deny that <laughs> I dress up as old St. Nicholas and uh, make an appearance at the door of the house. The kids are awake, so I, I do dress up as St. Nicholas. I've, we did a session. I, no, we didn't do a session yet on me sewing, but I sew. And so we made a little miter or bishop's coat, and I've got a little bridge staff upstairs, kids' toys, and I use that. And I'll come visit the house and deposit some oranges and gold coins into the kids' kids' shoes. They may or may not get a glimpse of St. Nicholas. And then I'll run out of the house, change, come back in, and... Of course, the kids are like, Dad, you're St. Nicholas. <laughs> You've never seen me and St. Nicholas in the same room. Right. <laughs> so well, that's that. We do that. Uh, we also have, a, there's a lot of baking traditions that mm-hmm. surround this oh. day as well. Oh, I didn't do one legend. Let me go backwards because we cannot have St. Nicholas fruit pine without the legend of him at the Council of Nicaea. As the story goes, St. Nicholas was present, was one of the 318 bishops at the Council of Nicaea, 325, St. called for the entire church to solidify their beliefs. And so they all came together, all the bishops. One, at the Council of Nicaea, we have this heated debate over the divinity of Christ and a staunch or um, an adversary against the divinity of Christ and it's the eternal divinity of Christ is Arius. 
on his Marius. Marius uh, stands up and defends his position against everybody else's on the Christ. St. Nicholas was so passionate about confessing Christ as being true God and true man. Confessed He got up and punched Marius in the face. Some legends say he openly open palms slapped him in the face. But I like the legend of him curling his fists and, and being real passionate about defending his face, and letting his passions get the best of him, and, and really giving it to Arius. And so he, he punched Arius. And so you can also find some wonderful art depiction this punching Arius of Calvinicea. So to honor his confession and passion, you can celebrate by drinking a St. Nicholas Fruit punch. <laughs> we uh, will learn more about Arius and Arianism tomorrow uh, as we learn about, as the church commemorates Ambrose of Milan tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll learn mm-hmm. a little bit more about that and Arianism. Whole, whole, that's a whole nother conversation. A whole different yes. <laughs> so, so do you, you have fruit punch at your household on uh, St. Nicholas Day too? Is that right? Yes, we do. And it pairs nicely with St. Nicholas, speculus. It's a spice cookie. It's appropriate around this time of the year when a lot of other spice gingerbread cookies are being made. Aha. So there's baking going on at the Gandhi house too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And this isn't so much a St. Nicholas tradition as it is a, a Gandhi tradition, but we'll, <laughs> we'll bake all the goods during Advent. So we'll, we'll participate in a, a little bit fast, Advent fast. And so we kind of uh, keep from eating all the sweets. But we bake them all, freeze them all, and then on Christmas Eve, open it all and feast on cookies. And my favorite cookie to eat is Those are good. But to, wait, St. <laughs> Nick, the commemoration of St. Nicholas, though, is December 6th at the beginning of Advent. Mm. I know. <laughs> I know. Do you get to have them then, too, right? <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, okay. You get to break the fast on some days, right? So right. we and we do enjoy it there and seal the rest of them up and enjoy them later. Very good. So what do your kids think of St. Nicholas? Do they have a, a favorite part of this tradition? They do. They like sticking their shoes out, waiting for St. Nicholas to stop by. We also have a pretty robust children's library in our house of St. Mm-hmm. Nicholas books. So there's encouragement to uh, listeners with kids. They're trying to steer them away from kind of the Santa Claus idea to more uh, historical as well as legends of St. Nicholas. There, there are plenty of books out there, that, children's books, that highlights St. Nicholas as, as a bishop, St. Nicholas and all the stories, reorienting everybody's understanding to more. Why is it important to you as a parent to have uh, these traditions as well as the, the lessons in the history with your children? So to answer that, kind of want to bring in that, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, learned this recently from the second resource, but for the same reason we should highlight the true St. Nicholas since our Santa Claus were children as a secondary reason. Martin Luther defended St. Nicholas as a historical too, back in the time of the record. But as the story goes with Martin Luther, when we have iconoclasm 
on the iconoclasts, those who rejecting the imagery, worst uh, misunderstanding of worship of images and icons. They those texture reformers threw the baby out with bathwater, so got rid of everything that resembled Catholic. And so, in addition to throwing out all these icons, they actually threw out all the saints, celebration of the saints, maybe the church and activity set. Maybe we can thank Martin Luther for this, but on December 6th, every, most of the else was celebrating the gift giving exchange part of Christmas. So it's disassociated, if you will, from December 6th, that all the gift exchange happened on December 6th. Well, Luther said, don't throw out the whole thing, but maybe we ought to really celebrate and highlight that it's Christ. Is the gift to the world, and that our gift giving is is spawned from Christ's gift or God's gift to us, and that we can exchange these gifts on the true proper day of celebrating gift. That's so. As the story goes, Martin Luther that kept this gift, this gift giving and highlighting Saint Nicholas as on should be celebrated on the sixth. It's giving that resulted the gift that we have in Christ should be celebrated. And so, or at least, and so the gift giving got moved to September 5th. But in line with what Martin Luther did, we ought to teach our kids to get the reason for the season, so to speak, is, is, is Christ. And what we get in Santa Claus is totally different theology, totally different understanding of, of, of gift and, and ultimately grace. Because with Santa Claus, we have a naughty and nice fist, and that inherently produces things, works righteousness, and your children trying to earn and merits your grace or merits the gift treat. And so by pointing to Jesus, what St. Nicholas, Bishop of Myra does, points us to Christ. And if, if you are in a church where you get to celebrate his commemoration and, and they use the liturgical colors, his color that's you, whereas their is white. And usually those commemorations of feast days that white intentionally are pointing everything this man has done, this person has done in life back to Christ. That's who, that's what St. Nicholas accomplished, pointing us back to Christ. Uh, not so much St. Claude. So how does... The commemoration of St. Nicholas fit into the rest of the year. I know you have traditions for a lot of different St. Commemoration days with your kids. Yep. So to speak about that, I want to look at the prayer, the collect for St. Nicholas. When what we, what we don't do, and uh, here's a misconception we're talking about our St. calendar and saints. We aren't venerating these saints. We aren't worshiping them. We are directing all the petitions to God and yet reflecting on these these people who have lived in our who have lived godly lives faithful lives as all faithful members apart from this earth are saints and use them as an example on how to live out our lives and how to endure some of the sufferings and temptations and experience we get in our life so here's here's the college for saint nicholas and i think most people were if you can easily access the treasury of daily prayer you can see the college in there but in the petition there you bestowed upon your servant nicholas of myra the perpetual gift of charity grant your church the grace to deal in generosity and love with children and so you can reflect on the legends that have to do with children there and all who are poor and distressed and plead the cause of those who have no helper kind of there's the uh, three girls who receive the gold coins 
especially those tossed by tempests of doubts or grief. And there you have the legend of the Savior that's with that vivid language of tempest. And we ask that this for the sake of him who gave his life for us, your son, our Savior. So St. Nicholas, along with all the other saints in the church and all the different other traditions that we instill in Browder, help keep their lives oriented around understanding Christ. What a, a beautiful thing to teach and leave our children in these traditions that always point to Christ. May all our traditions certainly point to Christ. Our guest today, the Reverend Amadeus Gandhi, chaplain for Eielson Air Force Base in Alaska. Chaplain Gandhi, thanks so much for being our guest today and helping us learn more about Nicholas of Myra, commemorated by the church today, December 6th. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.